This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. So let's talk about something that's not Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) (laughs) I I get the sense. Um, Nobody else can see your face. But I get the sense that we just don't want to talk about this anymore, which is more than fair. So let's talk about not knowing the compensation, what the Packers draft strategy might be, whether or not, you know, you want to assume, obviously, that they have a a quarterback in his first season as the starter. Um, We know what both sides of the ball look like at this point. Not sure what kind of picks would be involved. But where do you see the Packers going in the first couple of rounds? Because we've talked a lot about the positions that Brian Gutekunst tends to value the most. And I think the case can be made that there's going to be some pretty good options available wherever the Packers are picking in that kind of mid-teens range. Um, Are you talking like position? Yeah. Or players if you have crushes. I know you said you didn't have a crush yet, so. Um, Yeah, I mean, I feel like we've talked about this a little bit already on the show, but I mean, there are a few positions that the Packers always covet in the first round, and it's edge corner they haven't taken a wide receiver in forever there but it's possible if they love somebody um i feel like those are the two positions that they take in the first round (laughs) um and they really only need they really only need an edge of those two you know blue chip positions i could see them taking like one of the better offensive linemen but tight end would be rich it would just be too rich. And Andy Herman, when we recorded Pack a Day this week, actually made a really good point of saying some of the more recent first round tight end picks, they're still not like top end, you know, world beating change your team players. So if like a Kyle Pitts, which again, it's all about where you get drafted, but or TJ Hawkinson or any of those other like first round tight ends aren't doing what you kind of expected them to do or what you expect your first round pick to do, quite frankly, then it's not ever going to be worth the Packers taking a tight end then. And I just like, I couldn't agree more with that statement. Um, So I think some of the top tight ends would be really fun. And it's obviously like of all the positions, I think the biggest position of need, and it doesn't look like the Packers are really going to be, doing anything in free agency (laughs) because they have not made any moves except for re-signing some of their, you know, core special teams players. So I'm going with edge. I actually do have a draft crush. 
okay, um, which is new. Actors won't won't take him, but I kind of I'm like in love with Nolan Smith, and he's a very 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 goody pick, high yes. ass SEC, um, athletically Georgia. gifted, molded Georgia Bulldog. Um, he, I think one could argue is undersized a little bit, but that's fixable, right? You can bulk up. Um, we would then have the Smith brothers again <laughs> in Green Bay. What we really need. What we really need. No, but in all seriousness, I think he brings something to the table. You would allow him a little bit of um, development room because he wouldn't have to be edge one. And I don't think he is an edge one. But the Packers don't need that. They have Rashawn Gary. Presumably, they're going to extend him. So there is no need to take someone who needs to fill that Rashawn Gary spot. But you are kind of grooming someone to, I think, fill the Preston Smith role. And I just find him to be a really fun, athletic, freaky mold of clay. And that just feels very Packersy. It does. I think I said that on the Nagler show. I was like, if there's two players that are going to be Packers, it's Nolan Smith or like Christian Gonzalez, the CB out of oh, Oregon. Like, okay, well, don't even talk <laughs> about Christian Gonzalez. I I say I have a draft crush of like realistic Packer player because I think I think 15 is a really nice spot for Nolan Smith. Christian Gonzalez is going to be long gone, but whoo, if, if he slid a little, that boy can play. He can play. <laughs> So one of the things that I think, you know, we obviously know that Brian Goodkins loves to move around the board. He's done it in every draft that he's been the general manager of. And I think that's partially why, you know, everyone's waiting on pins and needles for this compensation with the Rogers trade, because you've got a ton of different options. Like I don't see Goody doing this. I think this is really rich, but like if the Packers were to get pick 13, they could bundle 13 and 15 and move all the way up to pick three. Like that's what the value chart says is there. The Packers could get one of the top five prospects in the draft with those picks. Even if they got like a second rounder, they could bundle their second round picks and move all the way up to pick 18 in the first round. Like they have a ton of options. So if there's a player that is slipping that Goody really likes, depending on what picks he gets from the Jets, like there's a lot of versatility in where he can move around the board and target like, his guy and I I'm with you that Nolan Smith is about one of the most goody guys I think will be available in this draft class yeah I think the second round is going to be the sweet spot Mm -hmm. um and I think I've seen a lot of like mock trades compensation wise where the Packers get the Jets to second round picks right and then you're looking at because you have to also look at this in and you said it perfectly right Goot likes to move around the board you have to look at this in terms of like not just first round, second round, but like what kind of compensation do the Packers have or capital do the Packers have like in the top 50, right? Because by all accounts of what I've read, this draft is not like super top heavy. It's very like you can find a lot of really good value a little bit later, later in the first round and in, the, and in day two. So you're looking at potentially four picks in the top 50 And then all of a sudden things like really open up for them to be able to do something and grab a couple of players that, like I said, would be too rich at 15, like a tight end, but maybe a Michael Mayer goes at the end of the first round or at the beginning of the second round. And then the Packers are able to kind of move up um, or move around and get someone like that. And I think that is, that would be a little bit more savvy and a more Packers way of doing things in my opinion. 
Yeah, I know, you know, Packers fans obviously want 13 because you want first round picks and, you know, you want to hit on those prospects. And most of the time, the first round picks are the ones that are the most NFL ready. But there is really something appealing about the Packers, whether they trade them or draft, you know, use all of them. If they went into round two and had 42, 43 and 45, (laughs) I don't necessarily (laughs) think that that's what happens. But there's a lot of it's like you said that that like 40s, 50s is really the soft spot in a lot of drafts. And I think that there's some really good talent there. Like my favorite safety, Sydney Brown, I think we'll probably end up. Uh, Sydney Brown. I do love Sydney Brown. Tell us why. Well, I just think that it's another combination of need meeting a want. And it it's not like a reach in the first round. Like Goody could still go get his blue chip player, uh, maybe like a Miles Murphy, somebody, you know, that, it would add at the edge or like Joey Porter Jr., a CB. Like I, I really, I we've talked this up, right? The Packers are going to draft an edge or a corner. And if they don't, we're going to be stunned in the yeah. first round. Um, but yeah, I just, I like his fit. I know that he's got some tackling concerns as far as like whether or not he's necessarily great at tackling. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. Um, very aggressive, to the to the ball and he's you know sometimes i think that that aggressiveness can be a little bit overzealous where he misses those tackles but he's got an unofficial elite ras it's a 9.63 played five seasons at illinois 10 career picks led the big 10 with six interceptions last season first team Mm -hmm. all big 10 has played nickel so just a lot of a lot of things to like and he was also highest graded safety in man coverage wow I do love that he is a versatile safety. And that's what I mean by, I think last time we talked about the draft, it was like, well, could they take a universal DB, right? right. That high. And I, I think that's kind of like that answer of, well, can he play nickel? Cause I think nickel is still a bit of a question mark. Cause they have backers still only have three corners who are right. really all boundary corners. Right. So you need someone who can play nickel, maybe play more in the box. But I mean, you know, the depth in a lot of these rooms, too, you're thinking about, like, what does a safety room look like? Yes, the Packers resigned Rudy Ford, but is Rudy Ford somebody that you feel comfortable as one of your starting safeties? The other option, of course, Darnell Savage. Adrian Amos remains a free agent, and if Adrian is back, do you feel comfortable enough, you know, with what that yeah. room looks like? And we don't know what's going to happen with Eric Stokes, who's still rehabbing from his injuries. Sounds like he'll be back for training camp, but yeah, and you have Eric Stokes, Jai Alexander, um, Keyshawn Nixon and Rasul Douglas. And those are your four guys. You know, I mean, you've got like Corey Ballantyne, Shamar John Charles, but I, corner is like the sneaky first round pick, first or second round pick that I think just makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think it would be really fun if they just like load it up. I think Packers fans would really hate it. But I will say, I think my thing with Sidney Brown is that you can't teach aggressiveness Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like you can rein back and teach people how to like channel that energy but you can't get someone up to that level so I feel like the when you were saying like he's over aggressive or maybe a little overzealous in the tackling like you kind of look at guys with like their upside and if their flaws are fixable and I feel like that's one that can totally be fixable I think too, like it, it says a lot about like Joe Barry's defense when he took over in 2021 was the best tackling defense in the entire yeah. NFL. And then in 2022, it blew up. Like, we don't know what happened. You know, the wheels came off the train and it just 
there's a, there's not wheels on a train, but <laughs> <laughs> that's how bad it was. That the wheels just came off the train. So if, you know, Joe Barry turns things around in 2023, a lot of these perceived problems at the collegiate level will translate, I think, to the NFL level and be fixed. I will say I have another mini draft crush. Well, and I'm talking like someone who would be actually a real fit for the Packers because I love I'm obsessed with JSN as everybody is I think (laughs) but I really like Jalen Hyatt I I think that there's really something to be said for his like what he would bring to the table and I think as we were talking about you know you're not gonna I just the Packers are not gonna reach for a wide receiver especially not in this draft I don't think there's like a true one there's a lot of guys who, so far from what I've seen, are really nice role players. And that's kind of what the Packers are looking for. You know what I mean? They need, they have presumably their one in Christian Watson, a two-ish in Romeo Dobbs. They need a slot guy. They need – they always – I'm always going to advocate for them getting someone else who can kind of like stretch the field and speed, 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 right? And Jalen Hyatt comes from a program that – just like flew off the handle this past year for the first time in a while. And he has, again, that elite RAS. I think last time I saw it was a nine point, like three test. Well, athletic freak. And you're not going to be asked to, you're not going to have to ask him to do everything. You're just going to have to ask him to do what he does best because they've already have their guy. Who's like the true X. Yeah. That's, that's one of the reasons that I've been looking at guys like tank Dell because it just feels like if the Packers are going to take a wide receiver early, and that's why we talked about, you know, vets like Marquise Goodwin last week, because we yeah. feel like we have boundary receivers. And yes, the Packers have used guys like Alan Lazard as like a big slot, but that type I of player is mix is missing from this current roster. Samori so Toure yeah. might be able to do it, but I think I think they'll add a slot guy for sure. They need they need one because they cut Amari Rogers and I don't think Randall Cobb is coming back. So you can't run an NFL offense without a slot guy these days. Just can't do it. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So let's talk about that then. Um, the Packers re-signed Justin Hollins and Eric Wilson, two largely special teamers, but makes sense from depth pieces you know in their respective rooms justin hollins probably comes into the season as outside linebacker three with rashawn gary still being injured and eric wilson maybe inside linebacker three as well if you've got quay walker and devondre campbell the only other inside mm-hmm. linebacker on the roster is isaiah mcduffie so mm-hmm. you know like needed positions of depth even though they largely play special teams um but then the packers free agents that are still you know looming out there we've got mason crosby Mercedes Lewis, Randall Cobb, Adrian Amos, and Dallin Levitt. So, like, of those five guys, what would you say your thoughts are on, well, one, if you want them back, and two, if you think they're back in Green Bay? So you said Mercedes Lewis, Randall Cobb, Dallin Levitt. Mason Crosby. Mm-hmm. And Adrian Amos. Well, I think Good already said Mason's back. So. Yeah, 
kind of that feels like a done deal. But of any of the rest of those, only one that I could see them bringing back is Dallin Levitt because it seems like they're going all in on their special teams guys and Dallin Lovett played like majority special team snaps. I think at like a pretty high level too, right? Good, good, hard hitting tackler. We've talked about this already ad nauseum. Mercedes Lewis, Randall Cobb, those are Roger guys. Um, Obviously, if either of them feel the need to end their careers with in Green Bay for some reason, whether that's obviously Cobb has, that's his home, that's his spot, or Lewis, you know, wants to stay with Matt LaFleur. Cool. I just don't see it. I, I just, I just don't see it. Um, I think Adrian Amos would be, is a coin flip to me, right? It, we saw this week that he went and visited with the Ravens. And I just think it's really special and nice when a guy could like maybe his, end his career with his hometown team. Mm-hmm. Um, cause, cause Amos is a, is a Baltimore guy. So I could see if that's his, you know, if he's choosing between the two, and let's say, you know, he's going vet minimum either way. He's probably going to choose Baltimore. But again, the market and looking at what the Packers needs are and safety being one of them. I, I also it just wouldn't shock me either way if they decided to, like, spend a little bit of their draft or their draft of their cap and and get Amos back for the sake of just like rounding out a room that's very, very empty right now. Yeah, because I mean, Rudy Ford looked good. Darnell Savage got benched at one point during the season, right. so he <laughs> yeah. might come back um, to his more like 2019-2020 form, but that remains to be seen. So even if the Packers were to draft a Sidney Brown or somebody very high in the first couple rounds, it's not going to hurt to have some type of vet there. And I think Adrian Amos, despite you know maybe the down season that he had in 2022, is still a much more reliable option, knows the defense, signal caller, just a better option than a lot of what's out there. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent, 100 percent. And we've talked a lot about too, like that this team is so young, you know, and like vet leadership and all of that, all the things. So any final thoughts about anything that's out there, this likely, you know, will be our only episode this week, unless we finally get the news that we're looking for. And we have a trade to talk about um, when things start to get, you know, real right now, it's all just speculation. And we try really hard to not do that on this show, even though sometimes you just, sometimes you just fall into it. Right. Yeah. If it's the only news you got to talk about it. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm so done. Um, I just don't see the Packers doing anything in free agency. Same. I, I think that this is going to be a uh, hold on to the cap, wait till the draft, see where your needs are post draft, and then maybe make some moves I also think that like this just is in a market filled with like big talent that I would want the Packers to go out and spend money on. Like there's no name currently out there at this point that I'm like, the Packers need that guy. I would love it if that guy was on the team. So, and you know that like they're big on some of the best moves you make or moves you don't make kind of, you know, mentality. So I just really think, and I said this on Pack-A-Day, so if you heard me say this already, I apologize, but I just think the Packers really need to nail this draft. Like, this of of all drafts feels like the stakes are a little bit higher, and I don't mean just, like, for this season, but in terms of, like, what the next few years are going to look like for this team. Um, These young guys, you know, last season is already looking really nice. The rookies contributed more, I think, than we expected, but... 
we're going to need to see a lot of development and for this draft class to hopefully be be a bit of a home run because um, this team is a little bit devoid of of talent and playmakers at the moment. And the only way to give Jordan Love any kind of support and actually really see what he can do is is to fill all those holes. It's going to be really wild when the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers and then they sign OBJ in free agency, trade for <laughs> um, DeAndre Hopkins, and then also draft Quentin Johnston in the first round. <laughs> I was really not expecting that out of your mouth. <laughs> Could you imagine if they brought in OBJ after Rodgers gets traded? OBJ Hopkins and a first-round wide receiver. Because Okay, let me just say, though, I actually wouldn't hate DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you know, we've – oh, now we're going to go on a little tangent here. One of my favorite players, like, period, ever. I love that dude. That is a baller. Like, there was one season where he didn't have a drop for, like – what was it like 12 weeks or something like that? He is just an absolute animal and he's obviously a little bit of a shell of his former self. He's getting up there in age, but if you're looking at a team that it really heavily wants to rely on their young guys, but needs a vet to fill a role like that, we talked about that 45 to 50% of snaps kind of role. Hopkins would be your ideal candidate, like ideal (laughs) candidate for that. But that's a, that feels like a pipe dream. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 